0: Welcome to Season 6 of Let's Talk. Now, I, I'm, I have no clue how we're on our third year and on Season 6 already. The math is not quite mathing there, but that is besides the point. I'm your host, Christopher Smith. I'm also the Director of Marketing and Communications for National Runaway Safeline, or NRS. At NRS, we operate the federally designated national communication system for youth who have runaway, are experiencing homelessness, or who may be considering leaving home. For over 50 years, we've provided crisis support and resources for young people, families, and communities across the nation. This season of Let's Talk, I'm telling you, you're going to learn so much from the young people and service providers that are going to join us as guests. We're covering topics like experiencing homelessness while trans, supporting someone who enlists you to be in their chosen family. ooh, And in a few different episodes, you'll actually hear us challenge different racially based stigma. Since we're kicking things off during Black History Month, I wanted to focus specifically on mental health stigma in the Black community. And I'm thankful to be supported in this episode by two incredible members of the National Runaway Safeline Youth Advisory Board. These are two people, two young people who I know as being kind and engaging and dead serious about mental health advocacy. Um, Amia, why don't you kick things off for us?
1: okay so hey my name is amia um pronouns are she hers i'm currently 22 years old working as a peer support specialist for youth oasis i mean i had my first kind of experience with homelessness when i was about 16 a lot of the times like when i was younger it was just more so me and my mom weren't really seeing eye to eye like two strong mindsets in one household just wasn't really working um but that was kind of just, you know, on and off. Like, I really feel like I've had my most serious running, like, when I re- just recently, like, uh, two, yeah, two years ago. um And that's when I moved down to Baton Rouge to come stay with a friend. And my friend didn't end up being my friend. So, yeah, it just <laughs> put me in a whole nother situation.
0: Wow. So... Having this experience twice, you're 24 now, so having this experience twice at 16 and then 22, and then ending up working for a really great organization like Youth Oasis. Would you mind sharing just a little bit about Youth Oasis?
1: Mm -hmm. So um, they're actually an organization that helps uh, homeless youth that's um, ages, like they start off at 16 and they go all the way up through 24. So I actually initially came to them for help you know, with my situation. And then <clears throat> instead of like helping, well, they did help me, but they also offered me a job and I've just been working with them kind of ever since.
0: All right, nice to have you on the show, Amia. Thank you so much. Antonio, would you mind giving us an introduction?
2: Hello, my name is Antonio Davis Robinson. I am a NRS Youth Advisory Board member. I am also 24 years old, I'm born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. And my pronouns are he, him, his, Uh, Previously I was a part of Planned Parenthood before um, as of now and also a part of Chispa for Chispa Nevada I'm an alumni actually for them and currently I am still a CX Works Tech Impact alumni and also ambassador as well for the program and for CX Works it's basically a customer service uh, training that you get also as well as a class for people who want to be able to you know get more help with the work and also Work with larger companies on the front of you know how to handle customer service with customers, or you know how to deal with the scenarios of it as well.
0: What is Chispa?
2: Chispa is Chispa Nevada. So basically, Chispa is a nonprofit organization that is helping with youths uh, who have asthma, and also for people who are at risk of getting asthma as well. So basically what we worked on with them is trying to get our buses that we have turned into zero emission buses so a lot of times you have your buses that sit in the lot and you know they're waiting and waiting and it's going to be affecting you know people who have asthma so it's very difficult on the body and then also it can cause you know issues to people who don't have asthma, asthma and can be at risk for it
0: all right Antonio thank you for that Now, I just want to start things off asking, do you even remember at what time in your life you started being aware of mental health?
1: So, yeah, I like honestly, I really like I knew about mental health, you know, like in high school and stuff. Like I feel like before then, it wasn't nothing that we talked about like you know people didn't say if you were feeling the type of way like oh you're that's part of your mental health you know that's part of something that you need to you know take care of yourself with but I feel like in high school that's when like I actually realized okay this is what mental health is but I actually didn't really start taking it seriously until like I was independent by myself which would be in college so
2: mine's just more into into high school actually you know that's where it was more difficult for me because you know like just having to deal with it and then like getting a more understanding and actually understanding it more like seeing how it can actually like affect me and then things that i do you know becomes different how people would like try to express their opinion on it and try to explain how it's different for them and different from us
0: yeah, and by us, you do mean Black people. I probably should have mentioned earlier that we are all young Black people discussing this topic. So we're talking about our own
2: experiences, of course. Antonio,
0: is it, does it look different for you now to protect your mental health than it did when you were younger?
2: i say a little bit more of, yeah. Um, like, for me, just trying to make sure, like, just keeping my mental health in check is, uh, you know, trying to surround myself with positivity and also, like, listening to my music or reading the books or finding things that like help me stay calm and focused.
0: How do you give yourself permission to really feel your feelings when your feelings aren't positive?
2: In that situation it's kind of tough because you know I don't want it to be like I don't want to lose it at one point and you know it, it steps away and it slips out and on the other hand you know trying to You know maintain it is the biggest thing so trying to stay focused on trying to stay you know in a positive zone but you know a lot of times i do slip into like a certain aspect of being like a little bit down because you know i do suffer from depression as well so it doesn't help as much in a certain point but sometimes i have to think about like what i'm fighting for
1: yeah i just i just kind of feel like a lot of times i do get in those situations like me personally i just have to like remove myself from you know the situation like sometimes i can just you know just sit down and try to read or sit down and try to listen to music like something will just be frustrating me so much to the point where i have to just sometimes i just gotta like step outside and and if i gotta scream if i got to curse if i have to do whatever like you know i'll do it because you know, if not, like, that'll just lead to me eventually just, like, crashing out and just doing, you know, certain certain things. But I don't think I ever, I never actually knew how to deal with my mental health until, like, I was in a situation where, like, I knew I was going to get in trouble because I didn't know how to deal with it. You know, like, if I kept going down that path, then I wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't be able to be a functioning person myself.
0: Oh yeah, like I immediately had a flashback to being young and being told that I'm not supposed to cry or that I'm not supposed to like if I'm upset about something then I'm just being sensational. Like, Do you remember the first time someone ever like shamed you for being emotional?
1: The the most vivid thing that kind of comes out to me is like when I was younger um, I kind of had my first little boyfriend or whatever and of course, you know, he wasn't the first relationships you have, they don't last you know, this is like a fairy tale but like he wasn't you know he wasn't the nicest to me and he actually i would be mistaken kind of the things that he would be saying for like you know love and it wasn't actually love like he'd actually be you know tearing me down like mentally and everything um and i'd, I'd actually tried to talk to you know my mom about it and she's just like well it's no you know it's no use of praying over spilled milk like it's it's just a little relationship. Like, you're going to get over it. You know, you don't... It wasn't like actually you had a sit-down conversation with me. You know, you just told me, stop crying. It's not that easy. And I just had to deal with it.
0: Yeah, that, that's like basically being told, oh, that's not that important.
1: Yeah. Exactly. But it's not... That's not fair because, you know, to a, a teenage girl, like, my my feelings are the number one thing that's, that's going on. So for you to say to me, like, oh, you just... You know just get over it everybody goes through these things like it's not no. You know and that's where a lot of like my kind of depression issues and everything came from like I, I don't feel like i have a hard time with feeling loved by a person and that's partially why
0: thank you for sharing that do either one of you have any specific examples of being impacted by mental health stigma when you were younger
2: uh, i'd say probably a little bit you know the way it's just like um if i'd say something you know they'd be like It's just like people judge me on just how I talk and you know I've been told that like it's nothing wrong with having like just uh, a feminine understanding so it's like I can understand like where females coming from and everything and it's just like if I'm talking about it it's like you know you're acting like such a girl you know what's going on with you. And then, you know, it starts going into whether people would call me slurs or, you know, going go into like stereotypes or anything. So it's like, you know, trying to trying to get through that is like, you know, I can't act myself and it's just like if I can't act myself, I can't be like who I am as a person and you know, me as a person, I literally am a person who likes to help, who likes to, you know, care about others you know work through everything and you know being told that if i act a certain way if i say something like this you know i'm getting like the back shots of it
0: oh yeah you're definitely touching on something that i definitely wanted to talk about today which is feeling pressured to code switch um which is just not like feeling like you need to change the way that you present a a certain way in order to not feel judgment i mean have you ever felt any like pressure to code switch Mm -hmm.
1: I, I feel like for me, like, I kind of, I feel like I had the cold speech a lot, like, like, really at school, honestly, um, I mean, you could really, you could say like, you know, in high school, because I mean, in high school, you can't, it, me expressing myself, you know, comes off as like me just being angry, you know, me being mad, me being loud, me being aggressive, and it's like, I'm, I can just be, you know, talking to someone just face to face and just have like a slighter, you know, a different tone. And that's just taken as, oh, like she got an attitude, you know, she's this, that, and the third. And also it was really hard for me too, because I went to a PWI, I went to UNC Charlotte. So I couldn't, I really had to like change. It was a lot of things that I would want to say sometimes, you know, to let my you know, peers be kind of like aware of how I feel about certain situations. Cause a lot of people that were there weren't, they weren't racially aware of certain things that they were saying but it's also like i have to remember where i'm at i can't just i can't just you know say how i really feel like sometimes i just have to like tone that down and just change to the you know hey you know just happy go lucky person just following along with everything and not really say how i'm feeling um
2: i think probably a few times that i've been you know asked to code switch and you know like i said again like (laughs) i it's not something that i am you know able to do like automatically or anything you, like you can ask me but at the end of the day it's just like you got to understand like i this is how i talk this is how i am as a person um i i'm like even want to like again just like amia said like even with the tone with like the voice you know how you're speaking to somebody like i would have to let them know this is how i talk Like, you know, I'm not raising my voice or anything, not catching an attitude, like sometimes my voice sounds stern, sometimes it sounds like I got a high pitch on it or so, but you know, I'm not really throwing like any attitude or any like being like demeaning for anything. And it's just like, sometimes it automatically had like it, I would have to switch it just so it didn't seem like, you know, I was being rude for no reason or for a reason at all. Like. If I'm even in a it's like it's the same thing. Like I can have a polite conversation with you, which you, know, you're, you might take it differently because it's my opinion. And also you might think it's different just on the tone of my voice, like from how others speak to them differently from how they would speak to me.
0: Yeah, it takes a lot of work to shake off being conditioned to believe that the way that you talk or your tone or your vocabulary is offensive or aggressive for some reason. Like I felt like for the majority of my life that if I'm not smiling or giving like super happy vibes, someone's going to ask me like, what's wrong with you? Like just being in my neutral state has somehow made someone else uncomfortable to the point that they have to come up and make sure that I feel okay. Or if someone like calls into question something that I did or something that I said, I made to feel like if I defend myself in any way that I'm aggressive. So I don't even actually do... Like, I find myself avoiding that and just, like, never defending myself. Amiya, have you ever been stereotyped as an angry Black woman?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I actually have. Like, And it's, it's crazy because it's been multiple times that I have. And it, people meet me like I'm, I'm really the nicest person ever. Like, I don't do the conflict like that. And it's just crazy how somebody will take literally what you're saying as... Oh, she has an attitude. Yeah, she's just she's just angry. She's just mad. I'm like, no, I'm just I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> like I'm trying to just let
0: you know what's going on. I'm not trying to get mad at you. Yeah. How do you respond to that? Or like, is it even worth defending yourself and correcting people to let them know how you actually feel?
1: Um, I've I've gotten better honestly with it. Like my my freshman year of college, like I was really kinda bad with it, you know, like I because I was introduced to a lot of like, you know, white people and I wasn't, I'm, I don't come from being around, like, I come, my high school was a lot of mainly black kids, you know, so when I came to a, a white school, I got introduced to all these people, and I'm just like, you know, okay, and they weren't taking kindly a lot to, like, what I was saying sometimes, so, it would be times, you know, that I'd get into arguments, but I had to also stop myself from getting into arguments, because when I, I have to realize, like, somebody, they're going to look at me differently, than they will look at a, part, a female of a different color that I'm arguing with. You know, like they're gonna look at me as I'm the one that causes, because that's what happens to me every time, you know, when I try to even explain myself, it was, well, you know, why'd you say that with that tone? Like, why'd you, you know, like, it's like I started it. So now I'm just to a point where if that's something that I know is just gonna, you know, gonna, gonna take me off some, I am just I just leave it alone. Like I just say, you know, okay, well, we can just, We can just have this conversation later or something or we can just talk about it later because i don't even want to go there with people no more
0: yeah what's wild is is that like i think most people hear of the stereotype of angry black woman but it definitely is something that people believe and feel about black men as well like angry or aggressive black men
2: yeah but i actually been in a lot of points on like that it's been it's been pretty crazy because even like um like even when i be at work and you know um smiling and everything you know and you know if i kind of like my smile accidentally drops down you know because we're moving fast somebody would like be like oh he has an attitude or he you know he's you know going back and forth with like what's his problem or you know what's going on with him but it's like i'm just you know in a flow of like this is how i like how i work um but also like other times i've been told you know i actually, it's it's just like somebody like literally said to me like just walking up like you know because they were just having a you know a bad day and it's just like you you walk up to me and you say you know why do black people always got to have like such an attitude you guys like you guys are always being like this you know this is why you guys are like so so many times are ending up in jail like you know as a black person you should do but be- i'm just like <laughs> and i'm just like looking shocked and i'm just like <laughs> okay so i don't want to like you know like i have to think to myself you know like okay it's a choice of reacting and proving a point or you know not reacting and showing that i'm better than what they say so you know taking a step to you know be like okay make the right choice you know don't let them you know irk your nerves or anything just try to stay calm you know and i usually have to like step away from the conversation because i'll tell them you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna entertain it i'm not gonna let it get to me i'm just gonna end this conversation i'm just gonna walk away You have a wonderful day and i just leave it at that you know but you know even before like i used to i would go straight forward i used to argue right off the bat like just hearing any type of disrespect like that any type of rudeness or any comments or you know any judgment like i used to go off and like you know growing up it's like you, there's things you got to think about too but it's like is just how I'm going to get labeled about things. This is how I'm going to get put into a situation. People are going to just automatically think like it's not something that I really want to go through.
0: Exactly. Like the toll of it all, you know, I think that people assume that code switching is just this thing that happens in a work environment, but I'm so glad that it's being brought up that it happens at school. It happens at the grocery store. It happens after you've been on hold with customer service for 10 minutes and it's really exhausting and low key. It kind of goes both ways. Like there are definitely qualities about myself that I feel like shameful about uh, or feel like don't necessarily fit into like my own black stereotypes that I've created in my mind about what's accepted and not in the community.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, honestly, I, I do get a lot of microaggressions, and then it's, sometimes it's, it's not even like a lot of times, you know, it's, it's from other races, but like, you know, sometimes now like it's from like our own race, like it's from, you know, black individuals, it's like, uh, ever since I became pregnant too, like it's kind of just, like you see people like look at me like, like, oh, you're, like you're pregnant? Like you, you really, like, you know, who, who, who are you pregnant about? Like they just try to, it'll just, it'll just be like certain, like certain things that people will just assume, like they'll just assume, you know, I'm just going to be like another, like statistics or, or something like that. Like they'll just, you know, assume and try to push off these, these certain qualities of me but it's like my life is not you know yours
0: yeah what's really wild to me is people i think they genuinely do this without even realizing it like you're asking me these questions as if you want to help me but then you don't end up helping me like did you want to find a way to support me through all of this or were you just trying to find out more information and then genuinely like it doesn't it doesn't even have to feel like it's coming from a, a negative or malicious place With like just ask yourself, it's like, is it hurting you to not know this information? Is it, am I going to leave this conversation a better person because of what you have to say about it? Mm-hmm.
1: And that's how it is really with me. Like a lot of my coworkers actually kind of look at me a little funny because, you know, they know I came, I originally came to this job like homeless. Like I was homeless. I didn't have nowhere to go. You know, it's been a year since I've been working there and I'm obviously in a better spot. So that's why I chose to, you know, be able to have a child and... It's, it's other issues like you know my niece passed away at six months so that's a, a major thing as to why i you know actually wanted a child but it's like people will they'll say you know things like well you like do you even got like space you know for you and a baby how gonna take care of you and baby? like how are y'all gonna you know like it's not your business <laughs> so
0: no i'm i'm with you i'm definitely in the class of like more people need to stand their ground and say you know i don't know how that's any of your business um but we've, we've covered a lot so far, microaggressions, mental health stigma inside and outside of the black community. At this point, like what advice do you have for a young black person today who may be experiencing homelessness or considering leaving home?
2: Um, I Honestly, uh, you know, I'd say when it comes to like the little microaggressions and, you know, dealing with it in school, <laughs> it can be hard but you know um, having support and having people who are there for you or you can talk to and you know try taking like try taking like few steps and you know remembering like you know you're not going to turn out like this you know you are on your own path you know things can be rough but you can't let everything get to you and you know it's like We can always hear sticks and stone may break your bones, but words can never hurt you. We we know words can hurt a lot of times and you know, that's the difficult part. Um, I say, you know, just find something that makes you happy, that inspires you, that keeps you positive and, you know, to keep moving forward and never give up and, you know, never let anything, you know, get in your way or create an obstacle or block it. Always look for that bright and shining light.
1: Um, I really just say, like, make sure, just, you you need to make sure you talk to someone before it kind of gets, you know, too late, like, before you, you can, because you can rob yourself of certain opportunities that you can have later on in life just because you didn't talk to someone and, you know, release that pain and anger that you've been, you know, holding so much inside. Like, I know for me, like, I didn't talk to anybody, you know, I was going through a lot, and I ended up just really just spazzing out on everybody and wind up myself I made myself go to a mental hospital because of how I was acting towards the workers the ambulance the policemen just because it was it was so much going on like don't wait till you get to that point to so where it's just too much going on and you can't handle it anymore to to release because that's not gonna it's not gonna put you further in life like I got lucky because I, I didn't put my hands on anybody but you know I mean I think that was the main reason why I got lucky because it's like if I would have done that that would have just messed up my situation period but you can you can put yourself in a worser situation by not speaking to somebody and actually being clear about your feelings and recognizing those feelings
0: yeah letting things boil over for me has never not once in my life worked out the way that I wanted it to um even when I was younger and I would like go to my parents and tell them like hey I'm experiencing this at school and like it's really getting to a point where I can't take it and I think that I'm gonna like beat this person up or I'm going to fight this person my parents were like if you get into a fight at school you better not lose period and that's like the end of the discussion there's no like unpacking of what's going on like trying to come up with some type of plan to avoid confrontation it's like you better not lose the end did you guys ever feel like that was kind of what was expected of you in that type of situation growing up I would
1: Okay, it, i feel like it honestly has a lot to do with your with your background. Like, cause I know for me, like my family is naturally just aggressive. So when I came when I came to school and I would be into arguments, like I I would be ready to fight because I come from an aggressive family. So I'm not used to getting a calm, you know, approach of why are you feeling like this? Like, you know, what can we do to make it better? Like I'm not used to talking about anything. It's just, you know, you don't you say something I don't like. I say something you don't like, okay, let's fight about it and it can be done with. That's how we are taught to solve problems. Like we aren't taught to sit down and talk it out, so.
0: Yeah, sitting down and like talking about your feelings was not something that happened in my family. Like, I, I can't think of a time oh. when that ever happened.
1: No, no, not at all. Like that's that's why a lot of times like we, me and my brother like both resorted to like, there would be a whole bunch of holes in the wall. Like we want to hit the wall, like make, damage other things because like we can't you know we can't that's the only way that you get to express yourself and we're not we don't come from a family where they just you know oh let's sit at the dinner table let's you know talk about our feelings you know let's what's going on like let's just talk about it like no we don't we don't come from that they just if you got a problem solve it. <laughs> that's it you know
0: yeah totally I my family like When I was younger, we had dinner every night. We always like came together as a family. It was like our whole thing, but we never talked about like feelings. That wasn't something that I ever remember happening.
2: I feel like, you know, everybody, you know, when it comes to feelings, you know, some parents, some parents didn't get that, you know, when they were younger. I know my mom, uh, when she was younger, she didn't really have, uh, she didn't really talk to her family like that. So, you know, especially when it came to us now, like we don't even none of us ever talked about our feelings to my mom or my dad. Uh, The only person I ever, you know, discussed um, my some of my feelings or emotions to was my uh, older sister. And she was the only other one, only one that I really talked to about it in my family. And I feel like, you know, any single time like I would bring it up, it's just like disregarded and, you know, like, that I feel like any single time, like, it just brings it back to, like, me getting more mad or angry because any single time something's said, I like I said, I will pop off and pop back, and it's different for me because, I, like, I, I used to have the worst anger issues when I was younger, and, you know, it's, like, you can say something to me, like, I remember, like, somebody can say one thing eh, about me or about my mom, and, you know, I automatically snap, like, But it's like when they tell you, you know, if you're going to fight somebody, you know, y'all go fight. It wasn't, you know, you go fight and you come back home, you go fight and you go fight. And if you lose, you better win. and You better get up and do it again. So, you know, that's what we basically went through is like if you're going to fight, you go and fight them because it's either. Either you go in the house, you sit in there you cry, you go, I'm gonna give you something to cry about. And you, I don't know what you're crying for. You know, it's all, it's that issue. And I think it's even tougher when like some parents haven't, you know, kind of got the gift of understanding where we come from, because I understand like, you know, they go through things as well, but it's like, you're supposed to show us what not to do. And, you know, you are doing things differently. Like my mom made it perfectly clear that oh, if I can't tell you not to do it because I'm doing it, or you know, if I've done it before, I'm not I'm not gonna have y'all can't do this, but I've done it before. So it's like you're, t- what are you trying to tell me? You're trying to tell me not to do it? You're trying to tell me to do it? Like I'm confused. You're not explaining anything.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. At what? At what? Do you remember at what point in your life you unlearned <laughs> that behavior?
2: I, <laughs> I think I unlearned that in, like. At probably the age of 16 or 17 at the most because you know it was very different for me like I didn't really have that much of support like I said my older sister was mainly the person I want to talk to uh, but other than that like at those certain points in my life it was mainly me bottling everything up and you know any feelings or emotions that I had, I just bottled it up. And, you know, sometimes later on it got worse because when I would be working and, you know, I go get off where I'm dealing with a customer, you know, I do my best not to snap, but it's like, you know, I'm snapping now because, you know, everything I don't tell nobody or I don't talk to about or I can't talk to about, like, it affects me and how I work now and what I try to do.
1: Well, I was going to say, I just, I really kind of feel like, like, the... The aggression thing, I really feel like that's kind of, I think that's just, that's just something like it's very generational. Like, I feel like that's a, it's a very, I don't know, I wouldn't even say generational. Like, I would say it's a, it's a racial curse that we kind of like have because I feel like before, you know, during slavery, like we were so used to not being able to speak up, like not being able to actually talk about our feelings, you know, not, we, we couldn't because, you know, we were, we were owned, we were slaves. We couldn't speak about, you know, anything about how we felt. So I feel like, that mindset, you know, is just being, it's just being passed down. Like we have to find other ways, you know, to express ourselves because we can't, we've been taught that we just can't <clears throat> verbally talk about it. And I mean, for me, I'm still really learning how to actually sit and talk about like my problems. Like it's hard to get me to sit down and actually, you know, speak about, you know, my problems and try to not try to get so aggressive, not try to get so defensive because my first my first instinct is to get defensive, like, even though it might not be to get physically defensive with you, but like mentally I will be getting defensive and I'll have myself on guard because I don't really know your true intentions. You know, like I'm still learning how to, to unlearn that.
0: So yeah and you're exactly right i read a book right before the pandemic called the new jim crow and it very very clearly illustrates the timeline of a lot of generational trauma and curses for black people and it's incredibly uplifting today to see young black people actually be leaders in conversations about mental health because we as black people in america have had to put in a lot of extra work doing all of the things we've talked about today and much much more um, both of you have been pretty vocal in your advocacy or work about uh, like seeking mental health help. Do you ever feel like while seeking help that you were misjudged or even misdiagnosed because of a stereotype that someone had?
1: So, um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, they kind of just, well, when I initially went to the behavioral facility, like it was because they see me get very angry and like I was just, you know, I was happy before that but they see me get very angry in like a short period of time so they just automatically assume oh you know she does this all the time she's she's just bipolar and it kind of and they wanted me to just go ahead and start taking medicine you know they didn't try to sit down and talk to me or try to you know do anything or try to you know get to know me to be able to actually figure out okay what type of you know medicine like does she need you know, it wasn't really to the point where I actually had to like, let them know, okay, well, this medicine that you're giving me, it's not working. It's not changing how I feel. It's not helping me, you know, with calming down. It's, it's still, it's not doing anything for me. So I feel like I was kind of forced to talk to them in a sense, because it's like, either you talk to them and let them know this medicine isn't working. This isn't what you do, or you just continue taking this medicine. Cause that's what they tell you to do. And I feel like that's what they like, they do a lot in those facilities. Like they'll just try to prescribe you some medicine and just say you know that that's it like when you go and talk to a a psychologist over there it's not even a real conversation that you get to have like with the psychologist to where it's like you would like how could you know what I'm going through mentally if I can't even have a real conversation with you like it's literally like a five or so minute conversation. they're like oh you know either she needs medicine still or she doesn't need medicine still we send her on about her way so I don't I didn't really feel comfortable that much like talking asking for help in that facility like i had i made two friends in there and i was comfortable talking to them you know more than like the actual staff but they didn't really make an environment where i wanted to talk to them they just made it to where i wanted to say something so i wouldn't have to keep taking this medicine that i know isn't working for me but y'all aren't actually trying to see what the problem is with me you can't see a problem with somebody after only spending five minutes with them you know
2: um well you know it's kind of hard like trying to get help uh especially with the system um because like even when it comes to the medication like i honestly didn't even want to take the medication that i was prescribed like it's either you know again just like let me is it like take the medication or tell them it doesn't work or you know but it like i can take my medication and feel even worse than i already feel and i feel like even if i tell them about it or talk to them about it it will still be like you know well maybe we need to decrease the dose or up the dosage and it's just like i don't want to take it at all now i feel like you know it's breaking my mental health even more and it makes me feel very weird at the same time so i'm just like you know what help is there to give and what support am i able to go get like because dealing with any therapy or therapist it's become a challenge now and it's become very difficult as well too so
0: Mm-hmm. I see a common theme here, which is like not being listened to or not being truly heard. You're saying exactly how you feel, but you're being met with resistance as opposed to care. Yeah, I totally understand. Now, earlier we talked about how mental health looks different as an adult, but what is protecting your mental health look like for you today?
1: For me, um, it's just not <laughs> not allowing myself to let other people just let other people take me out of my current state. You know, like if I'm feeling if I'm feeling happy, you know, I'm in a good mood. Just because somebody says something that I don't like, like it's not about to change my whole mood. It's not about to just make me just, just piss me off. Because I mean before that's that's how it would be for me. Like one person could say one thing to me and just throw my whole day off. Now it's just like, okay, I'm not gonna feed into you. I can just leave or I can just, you know, go somewhere where I don't have to to deal with this right now. You know, like I just I, it, it's a lot for me. It's just really separating myself from these situations that I know would be detrimental to my mental health. Uh,
2: I'd say for me, it's basically, you know, just stepping away from the situation, um, trying not to really, you know, like basically letting it go in one ear and out the other, uh, trying to avoid, you know, any issues of it. Cause at the end of the day, I kind of don't want to like, you know, feel like I'm at a point of going back into a, mindset of being more depressed or you know feeling like it's gonna cause me more issues but you know um basically again like finding something you know to keep me positively like on that path of not listening to them or you know just ignoring them the whole time and even doing that you know not paying attention to the words they say because it can be tough but you know you can't let negativity get to you a lot like that
0: Mm Do you have any advice on setting boundaries for young black people who may be experiencing homelessness or who may be considering leaving home?
2: Uh, I'd say <clears throat> the most advice I can give for it is, you know, when it comes to like their state of mind, uh, don't, you know, feel afraid to talk to somebody about it. But at the same time, you know, think about like, when you're gonna do it, like, is it the right time? Like, are you in a safe place, safe area? You know, are you in the right mindset? Because You cannot be in the right mindset, and words can typically tend to slip out by accident, and you don't mean it, and they'll take it the wrong way. So, you gotta, you know, set that boundary of like thinking about it before you say it, and you know, making sure that you're very comfortable and you're safe and you're protected, and that you're in the right, you know, I'm not gonna say state of mind because that's a terrible word to use, but you're in the right, you know. Place for it to be able to, you know, talk to somebody if you need to. Always think about like something that will help you get to that, get to that step or that area for it.
1: I definitely agree with what you were um, saying, Antonio, and I just also feel like make sure you know that you, if need be, like have that person or have that outlet that you know you can turn to when you know it's, it's when things are getting too hard because sometimes. You know, you might think it's okay to deal with a situation one way, but having that outside perspective, having someone else be able to, you know, help guide you through the situation. They might can help you better get through the situation to where you don't put yourself in, you know, a negative spot just because you're trying to, you know, keep your boundaries and stuff. So
0: for the people out there who like really feel like they don't have anybody in their corner, are there any like... Um artists or influences that you have in your life who've spoken out about mental health that have really helped you
1: okay no i was gonna say i, I really wasn't thinking about this before but i should have thought about this but but rod wave is like he yes he is like i feel like he can resonate with a lot of people you know like i mentioned before jay john uh, also too he's a very good artist i love him but i feel like rod wave he he has a way of, like through his, his music, like he actually speaks about, you know, the depression. He speaks about, you know, the, the suicidal thoughts, you know, sometimes he speaks about all of that. And he says it in a way to where it's relatable in today's society. So our generation can just be like, okay, so it's okay to, you know, to, to talk about it. If I can't talk about it, it's okay to make a song about it. It's okay to rap about it, you know, or express it in, in some some type of way. But you know, it's, it's showing people that you, you need to get that outlet you know
2: uh, it's the same thing you know also getting right away you know for it um because the music does help a lot too um i also say like with a lot of gospel you know singers a lot of their music like when it comes to like marvin sap kirk franklin like a lot of the songs to help when you're going through like i smile like it helps because you know just thinking about, like everything that you're going through all the negativity that you may face uh puts you in a positive mindset and then also when you're in that positive mindset it helps keep you at like a calmer state to where you, you know you can really feel free to you know write down the music that you want to write down write down how you feel you know take notes or find like little brainstorming ideas on key points of how how it can help how you can help yourself
0: well, we made it to the end, and I, I only have one more question, and it's really more of a, an open floor, but for service providers who are working with young Black people who have mental health concerns, w- what should they be doing? How, how should they be helping? So. <laughs> 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 I know, right? A lot to be said. Why don't we start with you, Amiya? Oh,
2: okay.
1: Oh, <laughs> Well, I would really... the. the is just just because you have uh just because you've studied this topic, just because you have a degree in this topic doesn't mean that you know everything about this topic. Like you need to actually sit down and talk to an individual before you start trying to make assumptions about somebody or about their situation. Like actually have a conversation with somebody and, and get to know that person so you can really understand, you know, what is causing them to act this way. Like you can't just say, oh well the book says you know you're you're acting this way because of because of uh this specific type of trauma you know that you have going on so you must just have this trauma and that just must be the reason why like you have to you can't just just throw that at somebody you have to speak and talk to a person like to to get to know them like a book a, doesn't tell everything
2: you know a lot of times i feel like if they understand like especially when it comes to like family and friends that they need to you know really think closely and pay attention closely to like how to actually notice it and you know ask you know probably communicate with their friends and family and then people that they meet like on what the experience that they go through if they know somebody who went through it or if they been through it them before themselves like that's actually more helpful than anything because it gives you the highly what? better understanding of knowing like what people go through when they're dealing with mental health but you know being reading it from a book and you know just thinking just from that degree that it, you know it all it doesn't help like you can go to school for it but you know when you actually understand everything that you're going through what that person is going through and other people are going through then that's more helpful and that's when you realize you know I can see it and I can notice it, but this is just, you know, telling somebody from the book point of view, or, you know, just writing notes and studying it, it doesn't really help because you don't know how people are really feeling and what they've been going through their lives.
0: You know, it's funny, I I hear a lot of that in the, whenever i talk to young people and i think like people who have spent a lot of the time studying like immediately dismiss these type of answers or are like well you just don't know but like what you're saying is so truthful it's not that you don't know anything it's that you need to take the time to get to know me and and really get to know me and understand the way that I'm thinking and why I'm processing things the way that I am so that you can make a real informed decision on what's going to help me instead of trying to fit me into a mold that has worked for other people because I'm not everybody else. Okay. Last is just do you have any sage words of advice for any young person who is experienced homelessness a runaway or considering running away or anything like that for making sure that they protect themselves and their mental health. If there's anything you could tell your younger self even that would be lovely.
1: I I just don't don't wait till it's too late. Um honestly, I know like I got said that before, but it's like really don't wait until it's too late, you know, cuz we, especially being like a person of color, like you can put yourself in certain situations where if you wait until it's too late and you just have a moment where you just, just crash out, you could want, you, you could really want up in jail. Like, you know, you might not have the opportunity to go to a behavioral facility. They might just go ahead and throw you in jail because you waited until, you know, it was too late to, to do something about it, you know? So I just really say, don't wait until it's too late and address those feelings that you have early on. Like, don't don't keep pushing them off because they're important
2: i'd say you know um always especially like make sure you to definitely know like you have a voice you have a voice as a youth you always have a voice and you definitely will be heard and need to be heard and don't ever feel like you can never use your voice or speak up and let people know like what you're going through or how you feel or what you're dealing with because again you don't want it to go past you know the point of where there's no return and you know it's hard to come back from and you don't want to make the wrong decision or you don't want to you know hurt anybody or yeah i'd say it's even like for my like if even if it was giving advice to my younger self like never like bottle your things up you know try to let it go in the most peaceful way possible um you know you can always forgive but never forget you know it's always hurt that too and you know taking the time just to like you know self 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 self-care having that self-care and also you know always preparing yourself to make sure you take care of your mindset you take care of you personally make sure you're in good health the mentally state you know always find things that you will always love and have that motivation inspire you and to always again always keep pushing forward and never to give up because you know you never want to feel like you know you're facing all these barriers and all these challenges and you can't you feel like you can't make it past what you know you can make it past anything that you put your mind to so
0: amia antonio thank you so much for being willing to share with me today i really appreciate your perspective and i hope everybody listening learned a little bit of something and thank you for tuning in and make sure to visit 1-800 runaway.org podcast or wherever you're listening to this now to catch up on any episodes you might have missed